Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Audio Podcast. I want to continue talking today about the 2012 presidential election. Uh, I processed in our last podcast some of the exit polls, some of the factors that contributed to Barack Obama's win, uh, some of the factors that contributed to Mitt Romney not doing so well. And and I want to draw some conclusions this week that may help some of you who are running for office, uh, may help some of you who are uh, even contemplating just leading well, uh, because I think there are seven things that we know now have to happen, have to be features of a candidate's life uh, in, in American society. It, it, it's simply true. I, I do a lot of media consulting and we build around these principles, but but they were so stark in the recent election, uh, so obvious, um, that I want to take some time to process with them with you, and I hope that they're helpful to you. Uh, the, the, first, the first feature of a candidate, certainly on the national stage in America, uh, is that his politics must be personal. Uh, we live in an age of celebrity. We live in an age of personality. And um, uh, sort of what I call a Churchillian politics is that you embody your message, that you are living your message message, that you are the living symbol of your message. This is not just window dressing. It's not just, uh, you know, buying a t-shirt, wearing a slogan. Uh, it's the way you live your life. Uh, when Winston Churchill stood and spoke uh, to, uh, let, let's say in the 1930s, warning the nation of Nazism, he had fought in wars. He had written books. He had gone to Germany. He had contended with the enemy. He had been doing an electrical battle uh, with socialism uh, and, and with a certain level of cowardness and comp- cowardice and compromise uh, that that uh, the nation uh, knew he knew what he believed um, and knew that he had uh, been fighting the good fight. It has to be personal. You have to embody your message. Uh, I would say that Barack Obama inherently embodies his message, whether we agree with his message or not. And Mitt Romney does not. Mitt Romney does not like talking about himself. He does not feel comfortable with it. Probably his Mormonism makes him hesitant because of the, the kind of verbal beating Mormons so often take. Um, but he would not. He would not talk about himself so as to embody uh, his message. Even even the Bain years. Even Mitt Romney did amazing things as an investor and as a, a buyer of companies and so on. Never would talk about it. Never would explain it. It has to be personal. And number two, it has to be values driven. Uh, it cannot just be a matter of crass economics. The politics of Ebenezer Scrooge will not win elections. Uh, you have to be more than just a budget cutter. You have to be more. More than just someone who says, you know, I uh, I think we government shouldn't be so large, or we have to live within our means, or don't touch that. <laughs> you know, you have to go beyond uh, just scolding. You have to be values driven. Such and such is fair. Such and such is the American way. This is what we believe is moral. That's what it has to be. And I think it's good. I think it's good our society is demanding that we uh, explain our values, explain the principles upon which we intend to govern. Uh, a third factor is that uh, politics today uh, must be faith-oriented if there is a faith in play. And understand what I'm saying. If a man gets up and says he's an atheist, he's not, he's not expected to fake a faith. But if a man gets up and says, I am a devoted Roman Catholic and I go to Mass every morning, uh, or I am a devoted Anglican, or I am uh, a Mormon, or, or I am a Baptist, what, whatever he says, he needs to explain how that plays into his politics. And I have to say, and I think, you know, this is one of my lead issues in this, in this campaign, in this presidential season, campaign season, Mitt Romney never articulated 
his Mormonism. Everybody knew that it was an unusual faith, a non-traditional faith. In his convention speech, he said three words, we were Mormons. He never articulated anything. And we went to the grocery store one time to buy a bunch of Diet Coke. And then people began to question how a Mormon could be drinking Diet Coke. The, the LDS main official website changed its policy on, on caffeine for 24 hours when it's a policy that's been in existence since the 1830s. I mean, I mean, everybody seemed to want to bend simply to get the man in office. You can't go that way. Have a, if you have a faith, articulate it, stick to it, explain its connection to your politics. There's nowhere else to go. If you don't hang a lantern on your weaknesses or your strengths, your enemies will do it for you. Okay? Uh, number four, it has to be reasonable. You, you cannot just be doctrinaire. Uh, this may have been Mr. Ryan's problem. You, you cannot just simply be doctrinaire. You cannot just simply be spouting economic principles. You can't be quoting the Austrian economists or, or quoting Schlesinger or quoting whoever your, your, your favorite person is from a book. You have to show that your ideas work. You have to show that they're real world. You have to show that they belong on earth, so to speak, and not just uh, in an ivory tower academic setting or in some ethereal realm. Uh, you have to be reasonable. And you have to be consistent. There's no question that one of the things that hurt Mr. Romney is he was not consistent. He gave contradictory statements on abortion in the same campaign. Um, you know, I'm not talking about being consistent over a period of decades. I hold views now I didn't hold 20 years ago. Everybody probably does. You grow, you learn, you morph, you change. I'm not bothered that Mr. Romney was uh, not strongly pro-life when he was governor of Massachusetts. That's fine. You change, you morph, you learn. But, but within the same campaign, you've got to be consistent. And by the way, YouTube and our technology today will make sure that we are or we're going to look pretty stupid. Uh, there's another area, too, and that is that uh, I put these two together. You need to be humble and you need to be humorous. Now, why would I put those on the same level? The most good humor comes from a certain kind of humility. Churchill said at one point uh, that the best humor comes out of knowing the difference between the way things are and the way things ought to be. Um, you, you know who you are. You know who you're not. You laugh a little bit. Mr. Christie laughs about being overweight. Uh, Ronald Reagan used to joke about being older uh, than God. Uh, you, you know, you, you have a sense of humor. You have a sense of humility. You aren't acting like you are, you know, God's man arrived perfect from the heavens. I'm not saying that Mr. Romney did that, um, but I think that Mr. Obama has a more genuine sense of his flaws, his failures, his backgrounds. Yes, he's, a, he's got a certain arrogance. Anybody in national leadership does. Um, but there's a, there's a combination of humility and humor that goes a long way. And I, I'll ask you this. Can you remember a self-deprecating joke uh, by Barack Obama? I can. Can you remember from this campaign a self-deprecating joke from Mr. Romney? I can't. And so that is a factor. Humor, humility, a little bit of aw shucks, a little bit of, eh, I'm not perfect. And then finally, I believe this is number seven, toughness. You got to show that you are tough. Why did people gravitate to Mr. Mr. Christie? Because you got the sense that if you crossed him, he'd snap your neck with his bare hands. I mean, you've got to be tough. And that actually hurt Mr. Obama in the earlier part of the campaign. 
and I'm not sure that Mr. Romney ever really arrived with a sense of toughness. He's a little effete. He walks on the balls of his feet. He's a little bit, a little, has a little bit of mama's boy, a little bit of poindexter in him. Um, I would have put him with some, with some pro football player friends of mine before the campaign, maybe. Okay, so those are the principles that are working today, and both candidates either rose or failed according to how closely they aligned with those particular principles. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times best-selling author, a popular speaker, a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN, and a blogger for a number of leading online news services. His groundbreaking books on faith and American society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Faith of Barack Obama, The Mormonizing of America, and the soon-to-be-released Lincoln's Battle with God. You can learn more about Stephen at www.mansfieldgroup.com and connect with him on Facebook and on Twitter under the name Mansfield Writes. The Stephen Mansfield Podcast is produced by Isaac Darnell for Chartwell Literary Group.